2: plushcarecom slash weight loss. Which is
3: that?
4: That's the second time it's gone on. They never got home, they never got home, they never got home, those guys. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can
3: understand
4: that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the (laughs) team.
1: Second captain, first captain, whatever. There's probably no bad way to beat Kilkenny for the first time in the championship in 13 years, but conceding an early goal, then dominating the rest of the game, only to concede two more goals and have to rely on a late surge to finish them off in front of your own ecstatic supporters. I would say definitely qualifies as a good way of doing it. Monday, Second Gaps Podcast, Owen, Murph, Ken. Hi, fellas. Hi, hello there, Owen. I love the celebrations on the pitch at the end. There was none of this, we haven't won anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> bullshit that you hear the whole time. Yeah. We have won something. We've won the respect of Kilkenny, because like the All Blacks, the only way to get Kilkenny's respect is
5: to beat them into the ground. Go out and take it off them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, on I really, I have to question the mentality of people who would say that Wexford have won nothing yet. In the aftermath of a game. Oh, I don't know
1: if anyone is even saying it. Oh it's no, just, they it, were. It, it, it's they so, definitely really, were. Really, yeah. Because yeah. oftentimes it's self-imposed. Supporters yeah. sometimes just row back a little bit, or players look sheepish when they've done it. Oh, don't you know? Don't run onto yeah. the pitch, we happen. So sometimes it can actually be self-imposed. But you're saying people more from outside Wexford are throwing a little bit of
5: shade on their shade amazing on nah, victory. Yeah, I mean, I know. I, 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 to be honest, it's ridiculous that anyone would ever dream of doing such a thing. Do you I remember mean, it's Kilkenny. I mean, imagine having to live... I mean, it's bad enough for everyone else who maybe don't share a border with Kilkenny, you know, being beaten by them constantly, but actually sharing a border with them and having a rivalry that was actually a rivalry for 100 years and then have them beating you, just beating you up for 10 years. An average
1: of 14 points was the victory margin in, over those... Yeah, since the last win. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on. That's re- not that's not easy. Do you reckon the guys in South East Radio got excited?
5: Um, well, maybe. Maybe, Unn. Down to Fergal Horgan now on his whistle time It shouldn't be down though I think he's going to blow it Liam I hope he blows it And that's yeah. Liam Wexman It's truth to the Leinster final For the first time since 2004 For the
3: first time since 2004 2004 <laughs> I can't stand it Liam It's fantastic Did you get a hug from
5: Davy, there yet? I got a hug from Davy, But what a nice Liam Sprat
1: From Davey Hold on a minute And What's Tom Dempsey in commentary there
5: in the press box right yeah, beside that's David Fitz. Davey was yeah I mean if there were any kind of journalists on surely they would defy uh, d- uh defy a, a GA ban defy anything to get a word with the man himself did they
6: David Fitzgerald is standing on a chair waving to the crowd here. And I don't care if there's a band. You can't talk. I don't care if there's a band.
5: Say something. Say something to the people of Wexford. I'm so happy for the people of Wexford they deserve this big time. Some performance. That's heart and guts and these boys have it in abundance. Well done, Davy. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's uh, you know, you got to think on the huff
1: sometimes, you know. Thanks to Kevin Spencer for emailing in with the heads up on what was going on on Southeast Radio there. Something
4: 2004. Yeah. Uh, top of the charts. Dry your eyes, mate. By the streets <laughs> That's how long ago We're talking Since Wexford Wexford Reached those giddy heights so a while ago Alright
1: Something that like yelping In the first clip Was reminiscent of What you were talking about Ken mm. On the football podcast today
4: Well uh, The sort of pro- The guttural roars That Of the uh the Wexford man Yeah That accompanied what were, you, what were we talking about In the football podcast? Scotland Oh when Scotland yes, The sport. anguished yelp
5: Yelps What was it? the Yelp
4: it? It's in that Um yeah, uh, whatchamacallit. Alan Ginsberg. Ginsberg?
5: Ginsberg. How?
4: Yeah, it? it's in there, I think. Oh, no, is it? No, no, hang on. Oh, God. It's one of those American guys. <laughs> it's some American writer. <laughs> barbaric. Girl. One of those smart American writer guys. Uh, maybe I'll. You take your time and have a look at no, that. No, it's Walt Whitman, isn't it? Ah. Walt Whitman. I sound my barbaric yawp over the roofs of the world. That's uh, of barbaric yawps, I'm sure, in the
5: pubs
1: and
4: clubs
5: of uh, Wexford town. Well, I would say so. Yeah, no, I would Saturday say evening, so.
1: we're going to be chatting to Matthew O'Hanlon, centre back. Matthew
5: O'Hanlon
1: trying to buy himself a bit of space. That's the guy. Yeah, that's the man. Yeah. Oh, we cut him off just before the point goes over the bar. That was one of the key scores
5: of the game. Second but last point. Yeah, but, point but it was. Thing, yeah. It was an, uh, an extraordinary game. Matthew O'Hanlon <laughs> trying to buy himself a bit of space. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty
1: good. That's <laughs> uh, very good.
5: And we had an unbelievable time. The Kenny
1: Cat laughs last weekend. Don't believe me.
2: But it's also the legacy of our miserable history as well, that make Ireland great again makes no sense as a slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue to improve slightly. Make yeah. Ireland reasonable for the first time. That's <laughs> I'll have on my hat. It was like
5: half
1: an hour in 2006 or something, wasn't thing it where things were looking all right? Even, yeah. you know, I always think 1998 or something? No, it?
2: I'd say the, f- the last time everything was truly great was the day they finished Newgrange. And.
5: <laughs> not the day they finished it. The first twenty first of December where yeah. the
0: laser beam hit the back of the shed and Enya yeah, Enya I appeared. That
2: was the last truly great day for Ireland.
1: David Odarty and Dara O'Brien there. Uh, there was a bit of there was a little, little bit of coquetti hurling chat with Dara as well. Yeah. If I recall, As well as talking about making Ireland reasonable for the first time. With Dave, there you can hear all of that podcast on the world service, secondcaptains.com for a five or a month plus. VAT If you sign up tomorrow, by tomorrow, even you'll be just in time to hear the details of our next live show. That's going to be announced on Tuesday's podcast. It's rather a different venue from the Catlass, I would say, a little bit more off
5: the beaten track. This is Lebanon. No, it's not Lebanon. It's not in Lebanon. Where did no. he come from? I was actually thinking of this. this is Lebanon. I was thinking of this is Lebanon while I was watching the French Open. It was the last time I turned on to Eurosport slash CNN. Wasn't that it? It was the, uh, it was the night. Time. of the American election. Yeah, yeah that ad let let was.
1: On, yeah. The more uh, Trump ran away with victory, the more uh, that ad seemed to be played. Yeah, the more it seared its way into my consciousness. There, uh, we are going to be talking to. You just sorry, just to mention again. Yeah, details on that live show tomorrow, uh, in full for World Service members. O'Sheen and Mike Quirk are going to be in later to talk about Galway, the dominant force in Connors football. Murph. Much to the surprise of Kieran Murphy circa this time last year. <laughs> and you had predicted that, no. well, apathy reigns in the county. Yeah. Can we, we, you should actually explain what's happened here. You wrote a piece last year. It hasn't aged well, uh, Owen. Well, not not only that, but it has been pointed out to you by people. <laughs>
5: yeah, people were retweeting it this morning. This morning,
4: an it's article just, uh, you wrote last year. Corbin supporters, this is on you. Of GA. Gold. nobody
1: wants to play for Galway. Fifty lads have turned it down. Nobody cares.
5: Yeah, well, I mean, oh. I, the 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 number of fifty was provided by the Galway manager. So, <laughs> I mean, I well, at the end of the day, you know, on I expressed an opinion uh, before a game that I really felt it was literally impossible for Galway to win last year, and uh, they went and won that game, won the county final, and uh, what happened this week really was. I think uh, like a, st- a statement by Golo that they were promoted to Division One, but that being a Division one team is more than you know get, you know getting promoted from Division two. It has to mean more than that. You have to play like a Division One team, and you have to have the conviction of a Division one team. And I think that for all of the mistakes that Golo made and the nerves of I think probably nearly 20 minutes of actual game time that they didn't score in between their last score and the final whistle. They did show patches of it, and they did show enough to say, as of right now, they've beaten Mayo home and away in two years. They're a better team than Mayo, and I, w- I, I didn't expect that last year, and I, to be honest, I didn't expect it on Sunday morning either.
1: I don't think anyone can accuse the hurling championship of being a slow burn this year. We're not even what midway through June, and already we've had Cork take Tip out in Munster. Now Wexford, Hanny Kilkenny, their first defeat in the Leinster championship since 2013, and an unbelievable looking night. In Wexford Park, they're joined Captain Matthew O'Hanlon is ready to chat. Matthew, congrats first of all.
2: Thanks very much, appreciate it. I saw
1: JJ Doyle, one of your selectors. He said, "We're not going to go and tell the lads, listen, go home to your beds tonight. We have to enjoy this because what's the point of playing this game, having an occasion like that if you don't go out and enjoy it?" Did did you guys take his advice?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. I think it would have been very hard to keep us uh, <laughs> keep us wrapped up and indoors on Saturday night after that experience. So uh, we went out and uh, celebrated Saturday night, but. Um, Back to the back to the training training field this week now and get uh, get our eyes um focused on the Leinster final.
1: Yeah, I mean the you mentioned the sort of occasion that it was. What was obviously when you're in the middle of it, you're just wrapped up in your game. But those scenes afterwards with all the supporters in the field and all that joy coming from the stands, well, it looked like a lot of fun to be involved in that.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Wexford fans uh, kind of make a habit of a. Uh, I suppose, making the of big wins like that. But look, it's great to have that type of support behind us. Um, The scenes afterwards were great to be a part of. Um, I think there was nearly a stampede at the end of it. It was hard to get out of there um, with the amount of fans around the place. But look, uh, it's not a complaint at all. Um, It's amazing to have such um, passionate fans behind us. And it really, really helped us drive drive, drive us on on Saturday during the game as well.
1: And there were moments you were tested. I think this was, it was a funny sort of a game. And like it seemed to everyone watching that, you guys played most of the hurling in the first half and deserved to win throughout, probably. But then Kilkenny being Kilkenny, they get a couple of goals. They, they really test your resolve there. So in, in ways, I guess that's almost the best way to win, that Kilkenny did come back at you and yet you guys had the fortitude to see it home.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, Any time you play Kilkenny, it's it's really, really difficult to beat them. And we knew no matter what side that they brought out uh, coming down to Wexford Park, especially after the league quarter quarterfinal, um, it was going to be really, really tough. Um, we got on top in several stages. I suppose we got a really poor start with the penalty in the first two minutes. That kind of knocked us back a bit. But I thought we settled quite well after that and got, I think, the next four or five scores, which kind of settled the nerves a bit. And then the second half, when we extended the lead to seven or eight points, they hit us with two quick goals. And I suppose... A few years ago, maybe we, didn't, we wouldn't have had the belief to see out the game then, and you would have seen heads drop. But um, thankfully, guys just stuck to the game plan, and we got a few scores at vital times and uh, saw it out in the end. But uh, look, a win is a win. Um, it doesn't make any difference to us if it's 1.2 points or more. <laughs> um, anytime you beat Kilkenny is a good day for Wexford. Where did
5: that self-belief come from? Is there, um, a, is there a simple two-word answer being Davy Fitzgerald?
2: If only it was that simple. (laughs) Uh, David had a a big part to play, obviously. Um, Him coming in first and foremost, an All-Ireland winning manager, probably the only one out there in the game, other than Michael Ryan and Brian Cody at the moment. Um, you know, having been there, done it before, seen it before and coached teams to that that level before. Um, so the confidence that he instills in us is is uh, phenomenal. Him um, supported by his backroom team as well. And I suppose uh, big wins early on the season, having, you know, beaten Lee, Limerick in Dublin for the first time in a while early on. And then beating Galway and Salt Hill and then following that up with the win against Kilkenny all brought this team on. So we knew we had it in there. Um, it was just producing the performance on the day, which thankfully we did.
1: There was a lot of time to to think about you. You mentioned how much of a build-up there was to this game, and everybody starts talking about the team and the excitement is building. There was—I remember when you beat Kilkenny the first time. There, there was a bit of me thinking that there, you might have poked the bear a little bit beating them in the league, and, and no doubt they were going to come come back at you. Uh, what was quite impressive, I think, was how the, you, you didn't look like a team who'd been overthinking it. You were ready for the occasion when, when you know when you were actually out there on Saturday night.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I suppose when the draw was made um, back at the end of last year, uh, you know, the card of a Leinster semi final against Kilkenny was always there, and the expectation in Wexford was that we would get there. So it was quite difficult to dampen that down and make sure we kept our eyes focused on the Leinster quarter final, whoever that was, uh, and getting over leash. And then, um, I suppose, yeah, having won the game at the league final up in Nolan Park, um, obviously, Kenny, there was going to be a backlash. Um, they never like being beaten and they're always difficult to beat. beat. But for us, um, we don't have that many opportunities to play them and we haven't beaten them too many times with this team. So getting getting that win up in Nolan Park really gave us a shot in the arm to say, look, yeah, we can get over this team. We can beat them. And then, um, I suppose, it was using that um, game, uh, as the basis of what we were preparing for a championship. And then knowing that Kilkenny were going to try something different, it was just trying to make sure that we had every every eventuality covered off and that no matter what happened during the game, that we'd be able to come back and come back again. Because you've seen times in the past where Kilkenny have come out, come out when they've been written off and in the first 15, 20 minutes, they bang in three or four goals and that's it, lights out, game over. So we were very wary of that in the first um, 15 minutes, that no matter what happened, we would stick to the game plan and keep coming back. And, you know, they were, they rocked us with that goal at the start, but I think you saw us coming back time and time again, especially when we were knocked back at the weekend, which was the most pleasing thing for me.
1: Did it feel like they they brought something different? Kilkenny, that is.
2: Um, yeah, I suppose not naming the team and not knowing who they were going to play. You heard so many rumours about what injuries they had and who would be starting. Was Michael Fenley going to be involved? Was Park Walsh going to be fit? And then playing Park Walsh in the forwards is probably something we didn't anticipate. But look, they were going to have to try something different based on the league game. So um, we, we could only set our stall out to get the best performance that we could out of ourselves. And then up, after that, it was up to each individual to get the best of their own, better, better uh, the best of their duel with their marker and um, thankfully we did you know Gerry Aylward and Park Walter were, were, were taken off and had some misses and um, that kind of played in our favour and then we kind of went from strength to strength from them
5: you, uh, you even popped up with a score yourself in the last uh, five minutes which was uh, absolutely. I mean, I don't. I don't have the stats to hand. It's it's not an extraordinarily regular occurrence. Well, Mike. Well, Mike, Mike Finerty did yeah.
1: make this point in commentary, which you probably did, didn't need to hear. I thought if you watched, it's rare. They're they're rare, but it's an important one, kind of thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I haven't scored too many times uh, in, in, in a Wexford jersey, being back for most of my time. Yeah. So it's rare that I get out my own half. I don't get a shot at the post, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, look, it was, a, it was a great catch from Lee, and, and Jack picked me out, but um, look, Dave, you always encourages us to get up the field, and, and if we can get a point or two, that, that's great for the team, and I suppose it was good for me, in terms of the timing that it came on, uh, in the last five minutes, when we, we needed a score, I happened to find myself in a good position, and thankfully it went over, it was it was strain, right, and it was like, oh God, I'll never get over this and I get used for missing this one, so... Thankfully, it stayed inside the post.
1: It was a nice catch by Lee and you mentioned. Not not his first one of the night to help set you up there. He he seemed to be on it, especially in the second half.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Lee, Lee obviously sets himself very high standards and he was probably a little bit disappointed with um, his performance getting Lee. He, he thought he thought there's more in the locker, but there's no no better man to produce on the big days than Lee. Um, he's a phenomenal athlete and you can see from some of the, the catches he made and the, just the energy that he has and kept driving the team forward. Especially when we got when they got that penalty for him to, to catch the next puck out and stick it over the bar. It just, you know, it settled the nerves straight away and we were back to the game plan. Um, no, it was a great game from him and he's a great leader to have on our side.
5: Yeah, like and that's obviously some of the eye-catching stuff. And Conor McDonald has been getting, obviously, loads of headlines over the course of the last six months as well. But I was just really impressed by how you guys in the in the defence and Jeremy O'Keefe as well, like, just the way that Wexford attacked the ball with real conviction. Get out in front of the, your man and don't be thinking about, well, if I make a mistake here, then I'm 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 screwed. That there was just real conviction and self-belief in everything that, that the Wexford defenders did on Saturday night as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think in the past, you're probably guilty of being a little bit too nervous and a little bit worried about making a mistake. And inevitably, you end up making more mistakes when you're in that frame of mind, but... This year, I suppose, um, from each game, it's just going out and winning the ball first and foremost and then um, launching your attacks from there. And in the back, we've been doing that all year. And, you know, we're we're playing high on confidence. Dermot O'Keefe was flying up and down the wings all day. Liam Ryan kept attacking ball after ball. Simon Donahue there as well. James Breen, I can't speak enough for a lot of them. You know, a really, really, really good platform to build for the rest of the team. And hopefully we can keep doing that.
1: You've also stumbled on an interesting formula on the sideline with David Fitzgerald watching from the press box (laughs) okay (laughs) it might might have been enforced this time Matthew but maybe we'll see that for the rest of the championship
2: who knows I'm going to try broach it with him now and train maybe he could stay off the sideline he'll be be delighted to hear that I'm sure he'll go (laughs) along with that (laughs) <laughs> I don't think we will be able to keep him on the sidelines the next day. Now I'd say it was killing him to stay stay up in the stands and not being out there dueling with Brian Cody. But um, look, yeah, getting him back on the sideline will be um, will be a good, a good boost to us. But I think the backroom team did very well without him as well.
1: Yeah, well, listen, good luck in training this week and and in the final when it comes along, Matthew. Thanks very much for talking to us. Well done.
2: Cheers. Appreciate that, lads. Thanks
6: modern day coaching
5: what is it all about paralysis by analysis infiltrated by a load of spoofers and bluffers fellas with earpieces stuck in their ears. psychologists Clive Woodward statisticians, dietitians and as Mick O'Connell alluded to God save
1: us A very happy Matthew O'Hanlon there probably fair enough that a guy playing fullback most of his inter career isn't among the heavy scorers mm. in the team and in fairness the Liam Spratt commentary we played earlier on didn't make any reference to no the the, the, the scarcity of his scores. <laughs> so we're pinning that one on the Sky Sports commentary. My Liam
4: Spratt could eat no fat.
5: <laughs> like no, no, there's, it, it, there's a nursery rhyme reference that I don't get there. Uh,
4: Jack but, Spratt could eat no fat. His wife Jack's could Spratt, eat okay. no lean. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs>
5: yeah,
4: so. The Kenny
1: side of things, Murph. Yeah. Uh, we're We're being way too. Well, we're, it's good to focus on the victors, sure. It's rare enough that Kilkenny are humbled in this way. So. And it's
5: 1949, mm-hmm. I read it's on Twitter, this week, since the two All-Ireland finalists were both beaten in their first games of the following year's championship.
1: Ooh, Matthew mentioned the fact that their team was named late. Now, that's not the first time it's happened. It's just It's not a regular occurrence for Brian Cody to leave it late, which he did. What was more interesting, I think, was that once he... Pork Walsh ends up playing there. Ends up wearing, was wearing number three and playing, playing forwards, right half forward, left half forward. Playing badly by his standards, a couple of bad wides. One, his last act was a really bad wide with players inside roaring for an mm. easy ball into the full forward line, and there was just enough of a gap between him hitting that wide and being substituted that convince me that it could have been a punishment substitution based uh, largely w- on that you know uh, what well, I,
5: mean? I would say as much as that and also the reaction of the entire Kilkenny forward line who all threw their hurleys <laughs> down in disgust yeah. at the fact that the ball didn't come in but do you know what I mean
1: sometimes players are taken off and one of the Wexford players was taken off in the first half just after a, a negative contribution I can't remember exactly what it was now but that was so immediate yeah. that it's like oh that's that guy's last act and whereas the Washington Wals- the Walsh- the Walsh- had about a 30 second gap and then he was off which yeah. made me think oh he- if he hadn't done that he might have still been
5: on there oh yeah and uh, I think as well it was one of those situations where the wide was hit directly in front of Brian Cody as well. I mean, he literally could have nearly taken Cody's head off with his backswing. Yeah. Uh, that's how close to the sideline it was. But I mean, yeah, I mean the, the the not naming the team in retrospect looks more and more like the intimidation factor of Kilkenny was greater than the you know the the the, the idea of not naming the team would intimidate Wexford more than the actual names on the team sheet. Mm. That is he was basically trying to use the mystique of the Kilkenny jersey to spook Wexford more than the naming of the team would have spooked Wexford, and that's that's a strange situation to be in. I mean, you you don't really see. Jackie Tyrrell has been writing uh, very good columns in the Irish Times uh, all summer, and he was saying that last week that if if you're not training two weeks before a game, you know the idea of injured players, Frank for Kilkenny, just never happened. And yet, you saw Pork Walsh and Jarrow Gerl- Ilward both taken off before halftime. Both pretty rusty coming back from injuries, or not fully fit yet. Uh, and certainly, Walsh it, it it appeared wasn't fully fit. And that idea that uh, that Kilkenny would go with guys who are maybe 70 or 80 percent fit just it does not fit. And that that shows really the the paucity of the bench. I mean, you saw Wexford's bench making a far greater impact than Kilkenny's bench did. And the idea that you could say that even, you know, five or six years ago just completely beyond the pale.
1: They're getting written off now though, is it a little early for that for all that?
5: Well I mean how many you know, the last year's All Ireland final, the Kilkenny full back line was absolutely destroyed and no changes were made because it was felt there wasn't anyone on the bench that could do any better. Uh the league this year, a number of, you know, pretty big uh, reversals, Waterford, Wexford in the quarter final, Clare beating them like These are all counties that needed to beat Kilkenny and they've gone and done it this year. The only thing is,
1: though, a lot of them, the counties who are leading the way so far, aren't counties we can rely on yet. We don't know if we can rely on Wexford to go all the way. We certainly don't know with Cork. Could this just have been a bit of a hmm. an aberration by a Cork team that has struggled a little bit? Tipperary seemed to be f- f- almost inexplicably in some sort of a hmm. downslide. So... It's, it it seems quite wide open. It's not as though there's a dominant team is, has well, emerged it, outside of Kilkenny yet. what yeah, I, don't, I don't want to comment it. it's June the twelfth. So yeah.
5: but that'll well, happen. at the same time though, if if you're saying that Galway are the prohibitive favourites to win the All Ireland, there are still question marks over Galway playing in All Ireland finals. So that w- the fact that they look like the best team, and they do at the moment look like the best team in the championship, we still don't know that they're able to frank that form and go on and win in All Ireland which brings everyone back into the pack effectively. So if you're talking about Cor- like Cork and Waterford will be another three or four point game this weekend, You know, anyone who's still left has every
1: reason to think that they can go and win the all Ireland. It's exciting. It's like that first win, the, the, the Cork win against, against Tipperary, Tip. It yeah. just opened it up straight away. And now this has opened it up even further. And then they're, now there are going to be great qualifier games. Like the qualifier games going are be, going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I think they draw us next
5: Monday morning and it's already
1: people are looking forward to it. Let's talk football. O'Sheen, how are you doing? Hello, how's things? Yeah, pretty good, Mike.
3: All good. All good now, yeah.
1: Good to hear. You both be, uh, I'm sure, aware that Murph is conflicted this morning, delighted for his county, machine, but his Mayo for Sam prediction. Professionally,
5: his career is. To be honest, is, I'm not that conflicted. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, Olin, uh, dignity, integrity, this sort of thing, not overly important to me on this on this beautiful June morning.
1: Let's cut to the chase. Is this is that it for Mayo this season? Um,
6: is there any way back? <laughs> They'll come back into it because because you know they are the one of the top six sides in the country. So they will get back into it because they'll probably get a draw that's going to suit them. The only thing they're going to that they have a possibility of getting now is Donegal or Tyrone. Either of those would beat that Mayo team at the minute. Um, last the injury team just sort of sums them up if if you wanna you know, if you wanna just take um injury time as a microcosm of what was going on during the game and what has gone on with me over the last number of years. And the argument you compl- you continue to get is but they're only a point away. But a point in a situation like that is a long way and it's very telling on the team that if you keep getting beat by those small margins and those games that are close and tight and just the options, even that they took towards the end of the game, um, the one thing that you always could praise Mayo on was their energy levels, etc. I don't, I don't even know if that's there
1: anymore. So, what do you mean by you said in extra time that that sums up what went wrong and what has just been going the choices,
6: on. the choices they took, the shots they took on, not being able to walk that score. You know what I mean? I talk about them being a top six. Top sixteen, but not being able to walk that opportunity to somebody to buy a free to walk that opportunity to get that one score to, to to live for another day and and reassess your performance and go again and try and improve on on what has gone on uh, lick your wounds in the fact that Keith Higgins you lost Keith Higgins who was an integral part would look like an, an integral part of the game plan. Whether that be the case or not, I'm still not a hundred percent sure. Uh what is Aiden O'Shea's defined role even coming off the bench because he's a much talked about footballer well, he's a much talked about footballer, but not in a football context, if that makes any sense. What is his role within that team? I mean, why not take Aiden O'Shea and say, Aiden, you're a one you're a go to man in the middle of the field, or you're our go to man at full forward, or we're gonna play you uh, either or. Just looks lost. Lad looks lost, completely lost. And his influence on the game in general over the last—you um, could say even the last year or two, probably two years—if if you're gonna—if you're gonna look at it that way—his influence on games over the last two years has been been completely nullified, almost. Um, and again, yesterday he comes off the bench. He makes a bit of a difference, and he gives the crowd a bit of a lift. And Gives them a bit of a lift generally, but still, like for a player, you know, the, do you think of the of the ability that he has that you know he's not having a big enough influence on that Mayo team? Uh, Mike, interesting word that Ushin used there that
5: I felt was really telling yesterday was energy levels uh, and physicality because I was in Castlebar last year and obviously Galway, Galway shocked Mayo and it it had all of the hallmarks of a shock result in that the team that you expected to win. Seemed like they were always going to win it Until they were hit with a goal with about 15 minutes left And all of a sudden they couldn't reply And it was a shock Yesterday it, it seemed different Yesterday Galway in the physicality stakes Paul Conroy hit Jamie O'Shea About maybe 25 minutes into the first half And O'Shea was not the same player afterwards uh, You look at the Damien Comer shoulder That's doing the rounds on the internet at the moment Jermyn O'Connor was taken off a couple of minutes afterwards Galway actually really hurt Mayo in the physicality stakes and really, like if you're looking at the future for Mayo, if they don't have that energy, they don't have that uh, that high-octane stuff that we, certainly under Horn we would have seen, to a lesser extent maybe under Rochford, but certainly in the two All-Ireland finals last year, they had that high-octane style of football uh, with huge physicality. If Mayo don't have that, then they're in big, big trouble.
3: Yeah, and it was it looked obvious enough yesterday that you know even even without Cullen Boyle gives him so much of that kind of that that same kind of physicality and energy that you 're talking about from the half back line it wasn 't there in the same kind of way with Lee Keegan, you know not starting aid no i don 't know what 's going on behind the scenes, but if he 's not one of your better six forwards in mayo um, you, you know i don 't really know what 's going on, and he obviously brings that physicality into the game as well and. I just thought, you know, and like when when they don't have when their backs, you know, particularly that half back line with Durkin and Lee Keegan and Colin Boyle, uh, as as it is normally, when those half back line, when that half back line isn't giving them the kind of, you know, forward momentum that that really hurts teams and forces teams on the back foot. Then their forwards are really showing up to be what they are, which we've always said are, are probably lacking a couple of the top end guys to get you over the line in tight games. Like Killian O'Connor, I thought was very good yesterday. He was he was being marked by two or three guys at times, and he still, you know, either one freeze or kicked score some play or kicked freeze uh, and did did all he could really. But. You know and and it 's it's no, it 's not, it's not trying to pick out evan regan as as the, as as the young guy coming on and taking a couple of shots but it's just it's the, it really highlights their their ineptitude in attack that they don't have a guy that's able to go and win a free like Oshin says in the last couple of seconds and kick it you know, kick it over the bar and, and tie up the game. They're just they're still lacking that top end guys. And when your half back line and your full back line aren't giving you that kind of, you know, go forward momentum that they usually do, then it just becomes really highlighted how how, how weak you are up front, you know?
5: Yeah, and I mean I i like I have to say I I disagree with Oshin in relation to O'Shea, Aiden O'Shea because I felt like he was when he came on, I mean, it was just so obvious that right, okay, maybe he's not, maybe he's not the uh, as good a central midfielder as uh, Shammy O'Shea or Tom Parsons, but he's he's blatantly a better, he's blatantly in the top fifteen footballers in Mayo, and he he made a difference. Uh, he had a, like, as we say, a, a, a physicality about him, also an air about him that he was intent on trying to change the game, and I just don't know what Mayo are doing with him. I like, I don't understand what the what the plan is for him, Mike.
3: Yeah, and and I, I, again, like again, we don't when you don't know what's going on in training, you don't know what he's you know injury wise or whatever is happening. But if if is is fit and not hurt, you know he's on your Mayo team all day, every day, especially against a game like you know Galway when when you know they're with Comer and. And, and these guys that are coming with physicality and come and looking to hit guys again no share rebels and that kind of stuff when he when he has that thing but i've made a point about him for for a long time that and i think mayo have 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 probably done him a disservice at different times because a little bit like Ushin is saying, he's a midfielder one day. He's a, he's a centre forward the next day. He's a full forward the next day. He's never had a permanent home. And they've never devised a game plan around getting the best out of him. And I, and I think if, if if you do that, I mean, if you put Aiden Shea, as I said before, and with the carry forwards, like, now no, everything is looking an awful lot better. And Aiden Shea is looking an awful lot snappier and, and sharper than he is. But they're just, they keep chopping and changing. And this idea of bringing him off the bench... You know, I don't know—is it to give people a lift or what is it? But I mean, you could see it yesterday. They looked to him as a kind of a leading figure and, and a guy that that will try and wrestle the momentum back off guys and and being physical and throwing guys out of your way. That that lends itself to that and fellas follow that kind of stuff. So for me, he'd he'd have to be on your on your team starting every day if you're Mayo.
6: Do you see? Well, do you see Aidan O'Shea as one of the top ten footballers in in Ireland? Moffitt? No, but that's not that's not what's at stake here I mean is he like? No, you but know? I'm just uh, the point I'm trying to make is that you know you're saying that he come on and he had an influence yeah he had an influence and he gives them a bit of a pep and stuff. step but are we not looking more of him you know we should Should there not be more in him should there not be like, yeah and, and, I, I, and I, I agree with, I agree with Mike as well is like it's not all his fault you know what mm. I mean like every player wants to start that's the first thing okay but every player also would like An idea of what his defined role Mm. is within the team, especially now when so much of it surrounds, you know, um, you know formations and tactics and where he's supposed to be in the pitch. I mean, he runs around the majority of the time trying to put out fires. To be fair to him, yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with his effort. I mean, there's nothing wrong with his effort, but where's the finished product from it? You know?
5: Yeah, I know, and I like I accept that point and. I was watching the game with a variety of Galway and Mayo people yesterday in the press box. And at half time all of the talk was Aidan O'Shea, Mayo were playing with a gale in the second half. Like, everyone expected him to be put in at full forward, yeah. you see. You know, and like, see, no one actually has an idea of what where it's best to put him. But we all presumed yeah. that Aiden O'Shea was going to be brought on with five minutes of the second half gone, put underneath the crossbar, and Mayo would just cause havoc uh, yeah. on the on the long ball with Aidan O'Shea be- against
6: a quite shaky goal with full back line in the air and it never happened and do you th- th- do you think is that a is that a coach on the sideline overthinking and saying this is what ex- they expect us to do we're not going to do that like do you I know d- I mean that's I d- that's, d- yeah. what I, that's what i think sometimes is that sometimes you overthink it i mean what is wrong sometimes if you're playing with with the wind what is wrong with putting the ball in even yeah. it doesn't have to be all the time i mean Generally speaking, what you're trying to do is you're trying to pass the ball into. him. Yeah. Like Kerry have done over the years with Donaghy, or put a diagonal ball in him. put it in in his favour, not just lorry it in. Uh, but what's on wrong the with, other hand? Yeah. What's wrong with that sometimes? Yeah, like, yeah. The odd
5: time. And what happened actually yesterday in the first half? Because I mean, you're talking about say Damien Comer, who's much more of a forward in the real sense than Aidan O'Shea is. Yeah. but he's also an extremely effective target man at full forward. And, you know, this happens all the time that people are, sh- like, we have Damien Comer use him. Two balls went into him. the Neither ball he won and Galway still got two points off it. He broke a ball down and uh, a foul was given against Shane Walsh, I think, for the first one. Second one went off a Mayo hand, 45 given, Sean Armstrong kicked it over the bar. And it just, it, it seems so blatantly obvious to everyone. It's like, just keep doing it. Keep hammering the, the, the nail, you know? But, again, it's it, it comes down to Aidan O'Shea has so many gifts as a footballer that people get confused on how to use him. And I think his career is suffering massively as a result of that. I mean... Well,
1: from the bench is surely not the place. <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, he's,
5: he's, he's, he's one of the 15 best footballers in Mayo. So the onus then is for you to find a role for him. And it seems to be centre-forward suits him better than... They, they're very well stocked in midfield. Full forward, maybe he's too much out of the game. Play him at centre-forward. I mean, I, it's kind of up to the management to use Aid O'Shea as the occasion demands. It
1: should be a good problem to have, you exactly. would have thought. And, you know, and you, you have a guy
5: with such physical gifts. But I mean, again, we're uh, you know, it, it is strange that it comes down to Aidan O'Shea I again. was going to say, yeah, and, and <laughs> it comes down to
1: Mayo, we barely talked about Galway. I know you're not convinced that Galway were necessarily at their best. That There's a lot more that... that yeah,
5: see, this, this is the thing that's, that uh, is so worrying for Mayo in a lot of ways, that there were a lot of weaknesses in the Galway performance yesterday. Like, the kick-out was... Uh, strategy was uh, a high wire act from minute one effectively uh, the full back line still looks like they they get isolated and they're very prone to fouling I mean I would have said that our, particularly when Higgins got set off the chances of the goal at full back line surviving without sending off or to, on two yellow cards looked very unlikely to me and still the, the, the idea that you have Damian Comer there's still not a, a cohesion about how to use a guy of that extravagant and a, and you know people maybe yesterday we haven't seen as much of damien comer maybe around the country as, as uh, other people would have but i mean the guy is brilliant the guy is just a, like a dream of a guy to have it full forward but too often goaler were playing him completely isolated like 45 50 60 yards between the near between damien comer and the nearest player in the goal half forward line and he, that meant he had key takings in front of him and Jerry hafergy directly behind him marking him and it doesn't make any sense to me uh, and I know you've probably seen teams line up like this before Oisin as well that you were trying to get ball into Damien Comer but he's completely isolated so players don't kick the ball in because it's just there's no point in kicking in which immediately negates the whole idea of having him in there in the first place so if you put two forwards in there against three defenders at least the two goalie players have people to work off of and they have they have ways to distract the sweeper I mean it's just it just makes it so easy for teams when you play one guy in there you know, and
6: no one around him for sixty yards. I think that's that's what has hampered Monaghan's progress for years. And I think, you know, the fact that Jack McCarran has come on the scene, the fact that they're able to utilise Q and Qs, you know, in the full forward lane and, and out in the middle of the field is one of the thing is one of the reasons why I think Monaghan have took another step closer to being yeah. don't think all Ireland champions, but they've they've had a problem getting over quarter finals. But that's something that can get you that next step. Now whether it can get them, to, you know, far enough to to win an All Ireland, that's still up for debate. But certainly, it has brought them on a lot. The very fact that they have a McCarron in there to take some of that, uh, to take some of the pressure, I suppose, off uh, off McManus. I've w- I watched Comer play, uh, Damon Comer play in, a, in the Sigerson Cup in uh, Glen Avey against St Mary's, who eventually went on and won it. And Saint Mary's absolutely crowded him out, and he kicked he kicked one six, and I mean it. He you wouldn't have had a there wasn't enough uh, space to turn a sweet in your mouth, um, and he was able to to get to win the initial ball. He had very little support, so he's probably had you know he's grown up with this sort of style of football. Yeah. he's he's you know he's still early in his fairly early in his career, but he's probably seen a lot of this so. You know, even for him, just to not throw the head up, and he just keeps walking. And even if it doesn't come off, he, he's walking. And he's not letting the, the uh, defenders out easily. And if you got somebody who's willing to do that, you know, for the team, he's worth his weight in goal. Like, yeah, his attitude is top class. Yeah.
5: How uh, how good can Galway get, Mike?
3: Gonna have to get better than they were yesterday. More, I thought, like really, I, I you know, the worrying thing for me was Galway didn't actually play anywhere near. It. Maybe their potential. You know, they didn't score for a huge spell of the second half. They, they really struggled. And only for Keith Higgins sending off as bad and all as Mayo were. You know they they could have they could have got something out of the game, which which you know is a bit is a bit strange for Kevin Wilson and, and the Mayo man or, and the, and the Galway management. But um, they have the, the the nice thing about Galway is I, I think they play football like like they think it's nineteen seventy five again, and and it's just it seems to be this kind of traditional stuff, and and they kick long and they go for you know longer kickouts at times, um, and, it, and it's just it's kind of refreshing to watch, and and they just have a kind of a youthful innocence about them as well that 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 just kind of draws you in and and. Can in hopes that they do well, you know. So, um, but but they're going to have to get a awful lot better if they want to get out of uh, of connect with anything um, anything other than a connect title, you know.
5: Yeah, uh, you know, and I I think that there's like there is so much, uh, you know. Say you say you talk about the Monaghan thing, and you know Jack McCarron comes on, and after years of hoping that Jack McCarron would be as good as he is, you know, there's real hope now that that they can dovetail. Like, all oh, we have the forwards. I mean, it's like all of the raw material appears to be there, and there just appears to be, I don't know, like. Uh, uh, a reluctance to to say instead of right how do we stop Mayo like you know the, the next step for Gola now is right how do we set up to win games surely was,
1: yeah surely they'll take a lot of confidence from this though you I even, so. saw Comer speaking afterwards and it clearly hurt them a, a, to a certain extent that they weren't really given much credit for last year maybe you're not given enough credit it well
5: it, 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 I think the credit came and then was very quickly taken away right. by right. how terrible they were against yeah, Tipperary in the quarterfinal yeah that's know, probably like that.
1: self-defeating and they, and
5: they have to accept that as well that you know they beat Mayo fair and square. They beat Roscommon after a replay. But the contemporary game was a shambles. But you
1: beat Mayo twice in a row. You can legitimately say we're better than Mayo. And yeah. start feeling like you're better than Mayo. And playing yeah. like you're better than Mayo. Yeah. As opposed to for the last number of years, always being under that kind of a yeah. cloud think in your own yeah, province.
5: And, and that's the hope as well. That this will mean uh, a change in in philosophy. An idea that, right, okay, we belong at the all Ireland semi-final level. And that's, you know, that the, the, the well, they then have to go on and, and try and and play like they belong there Yeah
6: but I don't know if you agree but will his game plan still have to revolve around protecting his full back lane do you know what I mean because essentially you know if he thought if he had a little bit more trust in his full back lane then maybe they could uh, you know advance one or two players into that forward lane even play three in there you know what I mean Exactly
5: Johnny Heaney went back there last uh, in the second half and played really well as the sweeper like did really really well Was it Heaney who made a yes, double the, block on the line. The <laughs> double save, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he again, he has the raw material to play to play Johnny Heaney as a sweep, yeah. as a sweeper and I think that's what we'll see in Crow Park for sure. But that doesn't mean that you can't also get your attacking game right. I mean, if the difference between playing 12 people behind the ball and playing 14 people behind the ball is not that much. If t- if your 12 lads are doing their job, then <laughs> you don't need the other two lads. And like that's, you know, like that's like that's the reality of it. So, I mean, I think that it's coming though. I, I like. I I definitely think that Galway are going places. Uh, you know. I I think they're good enough to get to an Ireland semi final this year, and, you know, I I don't think they're they're capable of going any further than that. But what happened yesterday? I mean, you'd have to say that they're in the top six now, top six or seven.
1: Yep. Usheen are Cork going places? <laughs> they're going someplace But <laughs> <laughs> well, they took the, took care of business uh, again. They, they took care of business against um, the odds. but well, against the odds created by their own Freddie shambolic first half. But seriously, I I see already you look disgusted every time we talk about this Uh, Cork football team. It always gets very emotive around Cork, right? I saw Colin O'Rourke at halftime calling them an embarrassment and saying they're playing for their careers in the second half and that there would have been rioting in the streets of Cork if they'd limped out in the way it looked like they were going to limp out. Is it not just that they played badly in the first half, didn't press the kickouts and didn't really impose themselves? In the second half they made a tactical switch and the reason they won the game was because they they actually played better football. Is is there a bit too much of this? A lot of other teams get away with bad games. When Cork throw them in, it's as though they're weak men.
6: You know. No, oh, I think your assessment is pretty fair in that the first half was terrible, and 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 they turned it around in the second half. And do, there's there's no absolutely no doubt about it that they deserve uh, s- some sort of credit for what they did in the second half. I, I just think that the whole setup, right, from county board level, uh, from the manager, from the players, they need to get on a bus, or buses, and they need to go to a Donegal, or a Tyrone, or a Kerry, or a Dublin, and see what it takes to be a proper top six inter-county team. Because it's very, very obvious that there seems to be a lot of apathy around, you know, what's happening in Cork, and that is coming from the top down. And I f- personally feel that they have players playing on the pitch who look out of shape, first of all, and I do believe that tactically they made that switch the other day. Apart from that, tactically there's nothing going on. That that's my own assessment from looking at it from as a, I'm only looking at it from a distance. But if they if they think that you know the way is to just keep trudging along the way to do surely at some stage i mean you know i think kalmarocks said about them being the rebels i mean surely there's a revolt round the corner from from players or or from from somebody who just you just stand up some day and you say oh, right hold on a second boys enough is enough let's have a review or let's have something because you can't just keep trudging along and, and a win sort of masks a lot of what's going on behind the scenes, Tipperary have regressed big time from what they were last year. Like, that isn't the Tipperary team that we've seen beating Galway last year, and I think that will be proven over the next number of weeks uh, in the qualifiers.
5: Yeah, Mike, what do you think? Maybe court just aren't all that good. I mean, Paul Kerrigan is their best player, and when could you ever really say that Paul Kerrigan was in the top 20 forwards in the game?
3: Yeah, he's not bad now. He's not. He's, he's probably also a guy that hasn't got a huge amount of credit for what he's done simply because he's he, he's from Cork as well. But um, I I don't know. I'm I'm getting they're just they're they're really hard to to look at now and to talk about and and to find different ways of saying what you just said. Really, Morph is that they're just they're just not very good. Like that's the that we can talk about the their county boards and Frank and their management and everything. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, they beat Waterford by a single point in their first, in their first game in the Munster Championship. Now, like, I, I don't mean to, to mean Waterford or anything, but the, the National League standings would, would say, including London, that, that Waterford were the third worst team in, in, in the entire country. And Cork beat them by a single point. And against, against Tipperary, and, and they have regressed, uh, and they've lost their, their all-star, Michael Quinlevin, to, to nasty looking injury. They fall over the line again by a point. Having conceded a goal with, you know, entering injury time and then getting one back right on the stroke cut to get them onto the final. So, I just, I don't know, I, I don't know what's what it is, what's going on. I mean, Pater Healy came out after and said that there was guys who were getting very upset at half time and they were, you know, shouting at each other. And I was thinking, well, Jesus, what what do you think they're going to be doing, Patter? They, they they have to show some bit of emotion and, and try and take control of the dressing room and, and try and show a bit of leadership because at the moment it just, and obviously it can't be that way for them, but it looks like, they just don't care and they're just trying to have going through the motions and when they get beat, they're beaten, and they're out. But I, I don't think that that can possibly be the way and any guy that sets up in January and trains all through the winter and, and prepares himself as closely as he can to get his body right and to get his football right, they care about what they're doing. That's but- my
1: point, Mike, and it, it, it does get thrown at them that, that they don't care and that they're weak and that they're an embarrassment and all this kind of stuff. I, I, I feel for some reason every time I watch a Cork footballer struggle in a game, that gets thrown at them whereas you watch a lot of other teams and they underperform and maybe get they they they're not subjected to the same tone of criticism.
3: Yeah. I think a lot of it though as well is 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 the resources that they should have available to them, you know, that that they're underachieving so so badly. Like if if you know, if if Dublin or Kerry you know, play as badly as Corker right now. They'll probably get the same kind of vitriol and they'll get the same attacking. But if your if your other kind of counties get it, they won't have the same thing. I mean, Cork have two hundred and sixty clubs affiliated GA clubs in their county. Uh, you know, I, I, obviously a lot of them are dual clubs. Some of them are hurling only, but they still have an awful lot more clubs than than Kerry or or most other counties in Ireland. And out of those clubs there has to be there has to be enough personnel that you can get a team who is really really competitive every every single year uh, or close to it anyway uh, and just at the moment they're just that's the problem is they're falling so short of the potential that's within their own county and that doesn't make sense and nobody's been able to to join the dots from county board level to coaching level to to playing level and it's just at the moment it's just drifting along aimlessly probably hopefully running into a right hook from Kerry above in their new stadium in a couple of weeks time and, and, and fall to somebody in the qualifiers the way they did last year uh, it's hard to put your finger on what, what is the problem because there's an awful lot of problems
1: Fair enough, Mike, brilliant oh, Shane, Thank See you much. When you're alone and life is making you lonely you can't always go
3: Downtown. DOWNTOWN When you've got worries All the noise and the hurry Seems to help, I know DOWNTOWN, Downtown. Just listen to the music Of the traffic in six the six city Six foot nine, outside the you. on the sidewalk Rather than the onset Oh, rejected by Parker How can you lose Pops shot Nothing but net You can't
1: forget all your troubles Coast to you coast by the American
6: so
4: go DOWNTOWN,
3: Downtown.
1: I don't want to rain any further on the parade of the Cork footballers who did, after all, win this weekend, Murph. But I couldn't help but notice Owen Cadigan's tweet after the game. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, I did. Can Owen Cadigan, Cork mm-hmm. footballer, said, Could the young lad who ran away with the bloodied 17 Cork jersey keep the jersey but return the GPS unit inside, please? <laughs> Good win, too, he says.
4: I don't understand. There's a
1: GPS unit inside his jersey. So he got taken away... What do you mean, why? To measure the what GPS... Devices measured. All integrated teams have these. Oh, so, the, oh, so why, why is
4: it in the jersey? I thought they wore it on kind of a a bra sports type bra.
5: No, no, they there are they different just ways stitch, of, yeah. They just, yeah, just stitch it into the jersey in in there as well. It's yeah. Probably more comfortable than the sports bra option. Um, so he's
1: okay with the kid Running away with his jersey
5: Well I mean that's fine You're either going to get, A kid's going to get it Or a, an opponent's going to get it Then you it, get so back I, to the kit man Or whoever is the first
1: person The logistics person Who goes Where's your jersey there Cads hmm. oh, this, well, It's I nonsensical got it. To uh,
4: stitch them into the jersey it, well, it, Why don't
5: you Well hold on it, it no, so they, they couldn't have stitched it Into the jersey Because Players swap jerseys At the end of the game yeah. So Do Cork Get Tipperary's GPS and then Tipperary get Cork's GPS and they just email it back and forth. It's a good, it's a
1: good way of finding out the yeah, information on your opposite number. I just take <laughs> your jersey, see exactly how much you run and what you do and so on.
5: Truly, under Go more ahead. questions than answers from Cork's uh, rather weak performance on Saturday evening. And tomorrow's
1: podcast, we will be talking Lions. I know we haven't talked them today, but they have got the Highlanders match in the morning, so we'll take that and the Crusaders as a sort of a two-game. Barometer of where the is. I'm in, are by out.
5: the way, after Saturday. I'd I know
1: you're in. You're t- too late. You can't jump in the bandwagon. No, market. I'm I was, in. I was already. They'll on. be bloody glad to have me as well. well w- wait to see if they get past the Highlanders. Then We're, everyone's on board. The some Lions t- t- train. He,
5: some lad uh, tweeted me to say, "Oh, they're winning, so you're you're in now." Is that is that the plan? And of course, that's couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, while I was watching them lead, but be terrible against the Blues, I was also not in. But now I'm in. <laughs> That'll be on the world service for you. Yeah, thanks very much again. Thank you. Thanks very much, yeah. Thank you, Owen Gormog,
1: again. Thanks so much for listening. Margot. Talk to you. <laughs> what is that? That's the second time it's gone off.
4: They never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those 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 boys.
0: Target.